What is up? This is Evan Lovett, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett, an Odyssey original brought to you by yours truly, your host, Evan Lovett, where you may know me from my social media page, LA In a Minute. I'd love to invite you along for a personal and intimate ride as I share interesting facts about all sorts of things you didn't know that you needed to know. Be entertained and informed as I bring you into my mind to see the world through my lens. There's history everywhere, as long as you know where to look. Let's get into it. Yo, episode number 31, coming to you live from the IM Studios. And this is a very important episode. This is something that I get a ton of DMs about. And something that's unfortunately synonymous with Los Angeles, crime. The perception of L.A. as a city rife with crime has persisted at least since I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And it's magnified now, especially in light of these recent high-profile crimes. Follow-home robberies, smashing grabs, even serial arsonists. But is this a sensationalist media narrative or is it really that bad here? As always... I dig deep to separate the fact from the narrative, and some of these stats are stunning. And yeah, I do think PR plays a role, but people on my socials are constantly voicing their concern about crimes in their neighborhood, and I had a personal experience with my family in crime that I relayed on episode three that took place literally in my backyard. So yeah, I'm concerned too. And I'm going to need your feedback on this one. So please listen to the episode and know that the DMs are wide open. Give me comments. Give me feedback. It is the fuel that keeps this fire burning. And you know, I'm going to give you one thing to do this week. And it's a very interesting story with crime as the backdrop. But it's still something that you're going to want to do. So stick around for that one. This is the LA crime episode. All right, y'all. Let's get into it. We start with something that happened in LA this week. I'm going to read you a headline that might sound like a broken record. Ready? Smash and grab thieves steal nearly $20,000 of merchandise from a Macy's store in Northridge. Here's one from last week. Los Angeles Nike store ransacked by thieves in a smash and grab heist. And from two weeks ago, dozens of smash and grab robbers hit a Nordstrom in LA on Saturday. Now I can go on and on and on. And this is just the smash and grab crimes that are making headlines. It's worth noting that under proposition 47, which passed in 2014, Property theft valued at less than $950 became an automatic misdemeanor. It also made incarcerated felons eligible for resentencing and release if their past crimes retroactively qualified as misdemeanors. It's also worth noting that in May of this year, a Superior Court judge ruled that the cash bail system was unconstitutional, meaning cash bail for nonviolent, non-serious felonies is now zero dollars. Now, that refers to individuals who are arrested and charged with a crime and then released from custody. They now do not need to pay any bail money up front to be released. 
in layman's terms, means if you go to Bloomingdale's and steal, say, $800 of merchandise and you're arrested, because of the cashless system, you're allowed to leave as soon as you're booked by LAPD. You're back out on the streets, do whatever it is you do. Now, I personally don't see what the incentive is for a crime not to be committed, but that's the law. Sounds more like a loophole, not a law. So are these related? Is this why crime is increasing? Is crime actually increasing or is it just just the headlines have gotten more sensationalist? We'll get into that. But just so you know why the judge ruled the cash bail system unconstitutional, the lawyer who argued the case said this rationale. The current system with money bail does not jail people because they're dangerous. It does not jail people because they are a flight risk. It's literally just based on how much money you have. Hmm. Is it though? Many people lose their jobs because they can't show up to work. Can you imagine something worse for a person's mental health than being put in a dangerous jail and away from access to their prescription medication? That was the argument. And the judge agreed saying that secured money bail, typical bail, is associated with increased crime. I don't even know what that means or what the evidence is that having people pay bail to get released leads to increased crime. Well, the other side of that is that the LAPD predictably disagrees and says zero cash bail is to blame for the recent recent surge in smash and grab robberies across LA. Here's the quote from LAPD Chief Michael Moore. I do believe that bail acts as a general deterrence. It creates consequences. You face a risk of being incarcerated as a punishment. Furthermore, the LA Police Protective League spokesman said, the elimination of cash bail for these types of offenses is an invitation to the kind of folks who are inclined to break the law and do so brazenly. It pushes them over as if to say, hey, if I get caught, I'm going to be right back out again. So let's look at the numbers and see what the the stats have to say. Now, the crush of property crimes is constant, Los Angeles. If you're talking to anybody, if you're just seeing things in your neighborhood, stuff like next door citizen app or alarmist, but you see it all the time. I see it in my neighborhood. First person, we've had stuff stolen out of our cars, but look, look at the numbers. Stolen vehicles burglaries and thefts from auto are the top three on the LAPD weekly list of crimes every week this year. Comparing 2023 to last year, personal theft is up 42%. 42%. Burglary is up 14%. Motor vehicle theft up 10%. And robbery is up 4%. Now, those are some pretty big numbers. This is an increase in 2023 over 2022. And some of the largest increases in these crime rates are downtown, which you'd sort of expect if you go down there, but also places you might not expect. The LA West Side, even the Valley, areas with greater wealth and home to many national chain and high-end retailers. Century City, Palms, Playa del Rey, Studio City, Playa Vista, Sawtell. All those places saw crime rates increase dramatically, not just over the last year, but especially compared to 2019, 2018, pre-COVID. 
Century City was home to that gleaming shopping mall and has been the target of high-end smash-and-grab thefts on numerous occasions. Saw the property crime rate increase by 35% from 80 reported crimes per 1,000 residents to 108. So in areas without higher-end retail, there's still an increase in what's called crimes of opportunity. Things such as porch pirates stealing packages with really no way to prosecute, no ramifications. Look at this. Across LA, auto parts are being snatched at an unprecedented pace. Last year, there was a record. This is 2022. 6,970 auto parts were reported stolen. 219% higher than the number reported in 2018. Now, that began during the pandemic when many residents were stuck at home and the city suspended parking regulations. But even in just stolen cars, the number has doubled from 2019 to 2023. So what is going on? There is a narrative and something that I've wondered and something that I do here. Police now can't arrest you for a misdemeanor if they didn't catch you in the act. Is that really true? Well, that goes back to Prop 47 because made those changes in the arrestability, if you will, pretty drastic. It, in effect, decriminalized some, some former felonies and it turned them into infractions, which are basically much like parking violations with officers just issuing citations or tickets. And this includes stuff like drug use, by the way. And with that, offenders don't need to show up for their court dates or they believe that they don't need to show up for their court dates because they believe the jail time is no longer possible. So that keeps out these people that commit the so-called minor crimes out on the streets to commit more crimes, or at least that's my opinion. But Officers and prosecutors say they no longer can arrest people for these crimes. Officers with probable cause to believe that somebody committed a felony, let's say a break-in, they can arrest that person, take them into custody, transport them to the station, book them, hold them for 48 hours, and then refer the charges to a prosecutor who bring them before a judge. But not on a misdemeanor. To make a misdemeanor arrest, and that's what these all are now at Prop 47, to make a misdemeanor arrest, Officers need to either get a warrant or a probable cause to believe they witnessed the crime taking place in their presence. That sounds pretty difficult. What are the odds that a police officer or sheriff's deputy just happens to be standing by when a suspect grabs an item or items worth less than $950? Again, that's the dividing line between felony and misdemeanor thefts. And I'll tell you a story personally of where I see that there's a Vons right near my house. It's my home grocer. In fact, I love it. It's convenient. It's cool. People there are really nice. And they used to be open till 2 AM. And look, I'm not making too many midnight shopping runs, but one night I was there about 1130, pick up something and they're closing up. I was like, yo, I thought you guys were open till two. And they're like, yeah, well this week we're closing at midnight and starting next week, we're actually closing at 10. And I was like, what? Again, I don't need it. Go shopping that late that often, but it's nice to know that you have a place close by. So I asked why. And they said, well, honestly, after 10, we're the only business open in this area and we're like a magnet. I 
for people that come in, fill up their shopping cart, and leave. And now they have one security officer who I do not believe is armed. I'll check on that. But it's one officer for the entire store. And look, I don't know what that person's making. I imagine it's not hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. But for somebody to put their life and limb at risk um, to stop a potential thief, especially when there aren't ramifications, probably can't be prosecuted. Well, makes fiscal sense for the store to close. So I understand that. And yeah, there aren't officers there to make an arrest. So it's an interesting point. And city of Los Angeles is aware of this. And that's reflected in this year's budget. The $11.8 billion budget for the city of Los Angeles for fiscal year 2024 includes $3.15 billion for the LAPD. Now that includes salaries, equipment, pensions, health benefits, all that stuff. That's 26.8% of the overall budget. In other words, 27 cents of every dollar, one of every $4 will go to the LAPD. So the city is well aware of these concerns and that is indeed a huge number. But it's also the third largest law enforcement agency in the United States. Almost 14,000 sworn and civilian employees. However, they want to have 10,000 officers and that number keeps shrinking. It was 9,100 when the year started and now it just slipped under 9,000 because for whatever reasons, people don't want to be police officers anymore. Maybe it is the narrative. Maybe it's the fact that they can't do their jobs properly. I don't know. Again, this is one of these things I want your feedback on. We did have an episode on LAPD from uh, defund to overfund. I don't know the right answer on that, but it's an interesting data point. But here's an element of crime that needs to be discussed. <sighs> the homeless and unhoused situation. Now, the 2023 Greater Los Angeles Homeless Count results showed a 9% rise in homelessness on any given night in Los Angeles County. The number for this year was 75,518 unhoused people in LA. Now that is 0.1% of the Los Angeles population. In fact, it's a little bit less than that, but let's just use that number. It's 0.1. It's a 10th of 1%. But listen to this. Crimes involving homeless people tend to make up a larger share of violent crimes. How much larger? 11% of the violent crime in the city of Los Angeles involved a homeless person. That was 2018. 13% of the violent crimes in 2019 involved a homeless person. 15% in 2020. And 18% in 2021. Again, a tenth of 1% of the people in Los Angeles are committing 18% of the violence crimes. This is from KABC. There's a big study. I'll post a link to it. You know I'm going to put it up on the stories. I always show my research. So that's a pretty huge and dis disproportionate number. And the homeless issue is its own, again, there's no easy solutions. You need to look 20 to 30 years into the future to figure out what we're going to do and look 30 to 50 years in the past to figure out where we went wrong. But the fact is, 
it needs to be solved because the bright light at the end of this tunnel is that if the city can somehow figure out how to help that one-tenth of 1% of the LA population, they can cut off 10%, 20% almost of all violent crime in Los Angeles. From an efficiency perspective, it doesn't get any better than that. LA City Council members, Mayor Karen Bassey listening, again, I don't know the answer to this issue. That's another episode. But if you could solve this one problem, you can make a huge dent in the other. And that's crime in Los Angeles. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. And this is something positive that I do got to say. And because, look, a lot of people, myself included, do complain and do note these increases in crime because they are in front of our face and they're easy to see. Property theft, car theft, burglary, robbery, smash windows, all these things that I see personally in my neighborhood. But here's the good news, okay? In 2023, this is from Cal Matters. These are comp stat numbers from the LAPD. Violent crime is down. So rest assured, everybody, look at this. Look at this. Aggravated assault down 2% from last year. Rape down 19% from last year. And luckily and thankfully, homicides are down 23% last year. Now, not to be gloom and doom, but last year was a record crime year. Well, not record, but it was the highest crime year since the early 90s as far as violent crimes. But it's good to see that at least the big major personal felony hardcore crimes are down. And maybe that has to do with the fact that police can get involved in that. Maybe that there are enough resources and enough ability for law enforcement to either act as a deterrent or... The fact that there is bail, any of these things are contributing to that factor. So that's good news. So it's a mixed bag. I mean, on the positive note, the hyperviolent crimes are down. That's good. But the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis, the stuff people are DMing me about, the burglary, the motor vehicle, the robbery, the property crimes, that stuff really is up. And it's something to absolutely keep in mind because crime in LA not a day goes by that I don't think about it and that I don't hear about it so I need your feedback on this tell me what you think tell me what you see tell me what you think's the solution what do you think about cash bail I mean what do you think about policing that budget give it all back to me I'm gonna be putting the stories up throughout the week so stay tuned on that now if you're gonna do one thing in LA this week do this well first of all Stay safe. Don't be a victim of crime. And don't commit a crime. But I'm going to tell you where to go. That is a background. A very heinous crime background. That you may not know about. On a beloved Los Angeles. Zanku chicken. Now. You're going to go there. Not just because they have some of the most delicious spit roasted chicken. That I've ever had the pleasure of tasting. Along with that tantalizing garlic sauce. But because the Zanku chicken murders are the reason why that restaurant only has 18 locations. And I say only because once you've tried that, especially those chicken wraps, any of this stuff there, you're going to wonder why Zanku chicken is not a global or even national phenomenon. Check this out. Check this out. Zanku is the name of a river in Armenia. But the garlic paste... And the chicken restaurant come from 60s era Beirut, Lebanon, 
where many Armenians settled after fleeing the genocide. It's also where the first Zanku chicken opened in 1962. Armenian Varkas Iskandarian and his family opened the restaurant. And Varkas and Markreed Iskandarian came to America with their children in the late 70s. They first attempted a dry cleaning business, thinking they'd leave Zanku behind. But their son, Medeiros, persisted. He had the pride. He knew how good that chicken was. So he had the idea of bringing Zanku to Los Angeles. And his idea won out. So in 1983, in a mini mall in East Hollywood, the Iskandarians started serving that inimitable chicken, along with baba ganoush, shawarma, and of course, that famous garlic paste, which was developed by Marderos' mother, Marguerite. And that food caught on, especially with LA's growing Middle Eastern population. And then with everybody. And soon Marderos was ready to expand. But his mom and sisters disagreed. They just wanted to keep it in-house. It's a lot to manage. And mom was making all that garlic paste by herself. She was the only one who knew the recipe. So the business split into two. The family gave Marderos the permission to expand with new locations around L.A., they kept the original themselves. So Marderos, he was driven. He was an entrepreneur. He started Zanku's all over town. He had nine locations in no time. But as his business continued to grow, so did family tensions. Marguerite's husband, Marderos' dad died. And Marguerite moved in with her daughter, Dezovic, not with her son, as would be traditional in Armenian family. And the reason why was due to that schism over the restaurants. She still had that resentment for Marderos' expansion. So there were arguments and there were discussions. And on January 14th, 2003, there was a heated, heated argument. Zanku chicken owner Marderos Iskandarian shot and killed his sister, Dezovig, and his mother, Marguerite. And then he took his life in the double murder-suicide. Now, it's worth noting that Iskandarian was in the late stages of colon and brain cancer, which may or may not have had an effect on his mental faculties. But the repercussions of this event and the lasting division of the brand into two family factions impeded the growth of Zanku despite the restaurant's popularity and people like Jonathan Gold just raving about the garlic paste and the chicken. And anybody who's been there will tell you the same. So after the murders in 2003, the murder-suicide, and the weeks and months that followed, Armenians of Glendale, Hollywood, Montebello, Van Nuys, even their kin up over the mountains and in Fresno, Fresno told and retold the story. They were looking for answers. Some were less cruel than others, right? The cancer that filled Marderos' body went to his brain. He was thinking like a crazy man. No, it wasn't cancer that caused it. It was the scars of growing up in Lebanon with a father who was the town drunkard. No, didn't you hear the talk about PepsiCo offering the family $30 million for Zanku? And they turned it down? Maybe greed split the family in two. But if Marderos' intentions with that action that he committed that day were to erase the family entanglements and leave the businesses in the future of the next generation, he left behind an even bigger mess. He had registered the Zanku trademark, but it lapsed 
And they went to trial. And the court ruled that the trademark belonged to both sides. The in-laws and one of the nephews countered with the lawsuit of their own, alleging wrongful death and seeking tens of millions of dollars from Mardiros' estate. But the lawyers failed to file within the statute of limitations and that suit was dismissed. So the business, I'm not going to say it was fledgling, but it didn't go where it could have gone. I know lesser places. You know lesser places that have more locations. And it's kind of sad. But damn, when you're eating that food, is it delicious? And it's worth noting that when you're biting into that wrap or that shawarma or just the spit roasted chicken or the garlic paste, that story and that history, because man, that is eerie. And that is such an LA crime story. And look, these days, there are still two separately operated Zanku chicken businesses. And not everybody knows that because they serve the same Basically, the same famous garlic paste and the perfectly roasted chickens. There's not a whole lot to point out the difference. And each week, they roast over 48,000 pounds of chickens, 2.5 million pounds a year, 1,500 pounds of garlic every week. And I don't have a preference which side. I don't even know which or which, if you wanted to know the truth. But go to Zanku. Either side of the family's restaurants are fine with me. They're both good. I cannot taste the difference, but remember that sordid only in L.A. history of the chicken chain that is appropriate, in my opinion, for the L.A. crime episode. So thank you for listening to episode 31 of In a Minute with Evan Lovett. We love this city. We believe in this city and crime happens everywhere, not just here, but always be aware and be safe. And thank you to everybody for joining me wherever you are. If you like the podcast, give me a five-star rating. And if you love it, leave a review. It's super helpful as we continue our march up the charts. And please, please click that like button, the follow button, the subscribe button. All of this helps so much. So thank you again for supporting In A Minute with Evan Lovett. All right, y'all. It's been a minute.